Welcome back to another episode of the Hands On Experience. Um, again, two reasons why I call the show the Hands On Experience. One is I'll be hands on teaching you, educating you, and coaching you on leadership development and career transitions. And two, uh, it's my last name, Reggie Hansen. Your host. <laughs> so it was very fitting to call the show The Hands-On Experience. Uh, but let's dive right in. Today I'm going to be sharing with you my personal experiences with career transitions. Um, career transitions are not easy. They're very difficult. But you have to have the courage um, and the nerve to make those decisions to find out what it is you can be passionate about uh, so you can have a career that you can be happy with. Um, I had to make a career transition uh, that was very, very difficult. Um, I coached college basketball for 13 years, coached professionally for one year. I coached seven years at the University of Kentucky and six years at the University of South Florida. And in 2014, I was coaching professionally in Japan, and I had to make a very difficult decision to get out of the profession and leave coaching you know, hang up my coaching hat in terms of on the court. Um, it was a very difficult decision because during those 13 years of college coaching, um, I took a lot of pride in impacting the young lives that I did, um, you know, helping those guys prepare for their futures. Um, it wasn't just coaching on the court. It was coaching off the court. And coaching off the court was more important than the coaching that we did on the court. So it was a very difficult decision that I had to make. Uh, but sometimes in life, you have to make decisions um, and make sacrifices and take a step back in order to, in order to see people you love uh, to succeed. And that person that I'm talking about is my daughter. Um, she was diagnosed with depression and anxiety when she was in high school. And that's when I was coaching. When you're a college basketball coach, you're gone all the time. Um, you spend more time with your players than you actually do your own kids, and that's the honest truth. And so with her going through anxiety and depression in high school, with me gone a lot, um, it, was, it was very difficult for her, but difficult for me as a father uh, to try to balance being there and being gone at the same time. But my daughter was a Division I basketball player, and she received a scholarship to Liberty University. And in 2014... She was a freshman at Liberty University when her depression um, and anxiety hit a low point. And again, in 2014 is when I was coaching in Japan. So when I came back from that season in Japan, I made that difficult decision to leave coaching so I can be there for her. Uh, and so she could have a chance at life. So she could have a chance to accomplish her goals and, um, and, and, seek, and seek happiness, you know. So when I got back from Japan, um, I took her out of, out of basketball and out of school for a year so we can seek help, get counseling, therapists, you know, the whole nine. And so we did that for a year. And after a year, she was ready to get back in school and resume her, her playing career. And so I transferred her from Liberty back to the University of North Florida. That was about three hours from where I am in, in the Tampa, Florida area. And the great thing about her story is when she first went into Liberty, her major was physical therapy. After going through the year 
of therapy herself with her depression and anxiety, once she re-enrolled in the univers- into the University of North Florida, she changed her major to psychology. Uh, she ended up with a degree in clinical psychology and a master's as well. And currently, she's about 300 hours from being a, a mental health therapist. So I'm so proud of her, so proud of her that she's taking what she's going through and using it to help other people. Um, and that's, that's something that's definitely, that touches my heart. Um, but again, I had to make a tough decision to get out of coaching in order to give her that opportunity that she has right now. And once she re-enrolled at the University of North Florida, uh, for me, now it's time to find out, you know, what's next? You know, what's next for Reggie? Um, and it was difficult because I, I didn't know. You know, one thing I did know is that I needed to try some different things in order to find out what that next passion or what that next path um, was going to be. So I had a lot of friends that that contacted me once I got out of coaching that wanted me to come in and work with them, work for them. Because one thing about being a college basketball coach is, is a lot of companies and business want you and seek you because of the team aspect, the communication, the discipline, um, the, the leadership of, of what coaches, um, experience that coaches has, has and have in all of those areas. So I had a friend of mine that reached out to me, um, to come work for his company. And he had started uh, a compressed natural gas company and he wanted me to come and work for him. And I was the relationship director for business development for Kentucky, Ohio, West Virginia, and North Carolina. So when he reached out to me, I said, you know what, I, you know, right now it's, it's, it's time to test the waters. So I said, yeah, yeah, I'll give it a try and, and see, you know, see if it's something I can be passionate about. Um, so I did that for about six months, and it, it, was, it just wasn't it. I was relating to people. I was building relationships with people, but I really wasn't, I really wasn't doing what I really wanted to do in terms of really being able to help them, Okay. So after that, there's a president of this bank in Kentucky who reached out to me uh, about being on his uh, financial uh, services team. He was starting a new financial division in his bank, and he wanted me to be a financial advisor. So I said, hey, you know what? Let's let's do it. Let me try it. Again, I gave it a good six months, and it just wasn't, it just wasn't, um, it wasn't it. That, that, that it wasn't the thing that. That, that would drive me in terms of, again, helping people. Um, and, and, and when I say helping people, I mean helping people become the best versions of themselves and accomplishing the things they want to accomplish in life, not just one specific thing. So, again, I tried that for six months, and then I said, you know, I said, thank you, but no thanks. So then next I had another friend that reached out to me. He was a market leader in the mortgage industry. So he said, hey, you know, come and, uh, and, you know, come and be a loan officer and let's, you know, let's see if that's it. So I said, okay, cool, let's, let's do it. So I was a loan officer for about a year. I did that for about a year. Uh, now, from a relationship standpoint and helping people accomplish their goals in terms of getting homes and things like that, you know, it was, I'm, I'm on the right path, but I'm still not there. I'm still not there. It's not, it's, it, I wasn't passionate about it. Um, I gave it a year, though. And one thing about career transitions, when, you, when you're trying to find that next career transition, you, you have to give it time. Whatever you try first, you have to give it time. Anything that you try, 
give it time, give it effort to see if that's it. Okay, that's very important. But again, that wasn't it. Uh, that that wasn't it. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't be passionate about it because it wasn't it wasn't touching me the way I needed to touch. I needed it needed it to touch me. So after that, um, a friend of my fiance's told her that Dillers, uh, the department store, was looking for managers. They was looking for people that have experience in coaching teams, coaching people, uh, building character, helping people accomplish their individual goals. And so that definitely piqued my interest because that's basically what I did when I was a basketball coach. Um, I'm helping these players not only accomplish their goals on the court, but all their individual goals off the court as well and what they're trying to get to in their future. So I said, okay, you know, I would definitely go talk to them. Uh, so I met with them and, um, you know, just told them my whole experience with coaching and what I was looking for, and they told me what they were looking for. And they were very excited about my experience in terms of coaching people and building teams and, and understanding what that whole concept was about. Um, so they said, you know, you have all the coaching experience that we need. You know, we just have to teach you the technical part. And they said that that will take time to, to learn the technical part. Um, and so I said, well, I said, you know what? I said, um, and they told me everything that it, the technical part detail. Uh, and so it was definitely a lot to learn. So I told them, I said, well, you know what? I said, what's going to be the best way for me to be successful, um, in this position as a manager uh, in your stores. And they said, well, if you really want to know to learn from the bottom and come back up. So I, so we sitting there, we're talking and I told them, I said, you know, when I, when I go into any position or any situation, I want to put myself in position to be successful. Um, and sometimes a lot of people don't understand that. Sometimes a lot of people want to start at the top and start there without having experiences of learning what it took to get there and how you get there and all the different things you have to learn how to manage before getting there. And so they said, you know, start from the bottom and, and, and then come back to the manager position. He said, you know, we, we, you know, this position is yours, but, you know, if you want to start it right into the position now, um, you can, or you can start from the bottom and, and, and learn your way up. So I said, you know what, you know, uh, you know, I, I, my pride is not ever in my way of learning and, and wanting to be the best I can be. I said, let me start at the bottom and learn everything I need to do so I, so I know when I get back to this managerial position, I'll have everything I need, have all the tools that I need uh, to be successful. So I started out in the camera room, um, in the camera room and learning how to catch people uh, that are stealing. I learned how to do uh, theft reports, which is very important. Um, audits, theft audits. Um, you learned, I learned how every department was set up. And that's very important. I learned how they set up for different events, different sales. Um, I learned where they put different products depending on how they wanted to be seen, you know, what door they put it next to, or what other product they put it next to to make sure that the visualization of it is good when the customers come through the doors and walk, you know, through the aisles. I also learned um, 
how other employers worked because I can see everybody and see what they're doing. I can see who's working, who's not working, who's relating to and trying to uh, build their customer relationships and who wasn't. So you saw all those different things. So you learned a lot of different things from the camera room um, that people really don't understand what those guys do in there. It's not just, just watching camera. You're learning a lot of things. So I started there. Okay, after a while, they say, okay, let's move you out to the floor. So I went out to the floor um, as a sales associate. And now, it's like anything else. You know, before you can lead someone, you need to know uh, what goes on in their shoes. You know, it's just like me as a coach. When I coached basketball and I would get on my players, it didn't matter whether it was Kentucky, South Florida, and I to my onto my guys that I coached that, that had very successful NBA careers. Didn't matter. When I got on them on the court and I had to push them, um, there's nothing they could say to me because I was in their shoes. So I played basketball at the highest level. I played at Kentucky. Um, I played professionally overseas in Japan, and I played. I had a year with the Celtics. So there's nothing they could say to me because I was in their shoes. I've been there, so they knew. Um, they, they knew that that they had to listen in, in a sense because I knew what I was talking about from from coming from where they are now. So the same goes back to when I was at Dillard's, coming out from the camera room to being an associate on the floor. So now I can know how everyone operates down there. So when I get back to the manager position, you know, I have an understanding of, of what to do, what buttons to push, and how to coach. Uh, so while I was out there, you know, I learned how the, the different associates worked with each other or did not work with each other. When you're in sales, there's a lot of competition, and they can get ugly, it can get negative. Uh, and I saw that. Um, but I learned also from a, from a setup standpoint, from a uh, Again, getting ready for events, sales, merchandising. I, I, so I got to be hands-on um, with those things and learning how you really actually do them. And, and there's a science to it. People don't understand uh, when you go into a store, there's a science to how they set things up that catches your eye and makes you want to buy it. <laughs> so I, I learned that. Um, and, so I, and, I, and I learned how the other managers were... Uh, relating to associates. You had some managers that were great at it, and you had some managers that were very bad at it. So I learned that. See, when you're learning things, you don't just try to learn everything that's good. You learn everything that's not good as well, so you can know what not to do when you get in those type of positions. So from there, I they moved me to being a specialist. And what a specialist is, is someone that takes a certain product, a certain department, certain area, and make it theirs, and they own it, and you grow it. So they made me the Michael Kors specialist. And my job was to grow that Michael Kors business, and they only had had it for about six months before I took over. And so um, I had incentives, you know, in my contract for beating the sales quota by a certain amount each month, um, and I got bonuses. And I, it was only one time that I didn't succeed in the in the uh, a certain percentage of the uh, of that of that monthly quarter in terms of growing that business it grew substantially every single month and so from there um, I moved 
back into that manager, back to the manager position, um, you know, from where the conversation started. And so when I got to that position, um, I was kind of back into my element now. You know, I was a manager over the, the men's department. And the men's department and dealers was the second largest department, you know, in the entire organization. <clears throat> and so, you know, you're managing, a, you know, a million dollars, a million dollar uh, plus department. And so I was back into my element in terms of coaching people. So now you got, I've got, you know, 10, 11, 12 different associates that have their own sales goals they have to reach every month. And they have goals of moving up in the company um, and, and, and getting raises and different things like that. So, uh, you know, in sales, it's all about the numbers. So if you're making the numbers, then then you can do accomplish the goals you want them to accomplish. But the thing I had to learn, too, is I had to learn all of their personalities. I had to learn the best way to coach each individual, which is the same as on a basketball court. I had to learn what their not only goals were at work, I had to learn what their goals were out of work. You know, what I learned what they what they did out of work. I learned about their families. If they had kids, um, if you know, we had younger people that were in school, that were in college. And so I had to learn all those things about them in order to be able to coach them the best way that I can to help them accomplish those goals. And so, I, again, I was back in my element. I was enjoying that job because I was doing what I was passionate about. And when you're coaching people, it's, it's not easy. It's very difficult because you have to, you have to be able to manage those personalities. So I, this is one thing I always say and when I'm talking to leaders and, and talking to, to groups of managers uh, when I go and speak, is that you got to understand that you're coaching people and you're managing situations. Let me say that again. You're coaching people and you're managing situations. You don't manage people. You coach people uh, and manage situations. And so that's one thing that I had a lot of experience in from, from coaching uh, for 14 years. And when, you, when you're dealing with people with different personalities and, 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 and trying to find out what makes them tick, you have to have patience. And again, I tell people all the time, um, this is, I'm a big advocate of emotional intelligence. If you're going to be a great leader, you have to have emotional intelligence. And I've been a leader all my life from eighth grade. I was the captain of the team, freshman, JV, varsity. I was the captain. Um, then when I came in, in Kentucky as a freshman, we had a lot of upperclassmen, a lot of seniors, um, and juniors. So it was, it was hard for me to, to, to break into even playing, let alone try to be a leader. But then my sophomore year at the University of Kentucky as a player, uh, I became the captain of the team, and I was the captain for the, for my, for the next three years. And I started every game the next three years. So um, I've always had a high level of emotional intelligence um, in terms of being able to lead people. And what people don't understand, when you're a leader, you got to have a lot of patience, a lot of patience. And you got to understand how to manage not only your emotions to not get too excited, or too or or, or 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 too down about different situations, but you also got to understand how to manage other the relationships you have with other people and how their emotions and thought process work. So I'm a again I'm a big advocate of emotional emotional intelligence, and that's something you have to have as a leader. Uh, but back to the career transition, 
um, again, I was I was in my element. I was in my element. Uh, the only thing that was missing is I basically wasn't in total control of what I wanted to do. And so I made a decision, and it wasn't a tough decision. I made a decision to, to open my own coaching company um, and leave dealers. And I started this company in 2019. And it's something I'm very passionate about. If anybody talks to me, if anybody looks at or reads my social media, uh, my post, my video post, or even my, my written content, people can tell that I am very passionate about leadership and career transitions. And so when I started this company, boom, I made it in terms of, when I say made it, in terms of back to uh, my element from when I was coaching um, in college basketball. I made it back to what I really want to do and that's coaching people and helping them develop um, and accomplish all their goals. Um, and not just, when I say I talk to different leaders and managers, I talk to people on the ground floor too because a lot of those people want to be leaders and managers. So I'm educating and teaching people how to be a leader and a manager so they can climb up that ladder. And then leaders and managers that I talk to that are already in those positions, I teach them how to maintain those positions uh, and, 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 and become better leaders and, 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 and climb the ladder if there is another lot notch that they can climb. So, again, career transitions are not easy, but it's very rewarding if you decide to go ahead and make that move. And the thing with most people is, is they have a fear of making that move. Um, that's one thing I tell people all the time, uh, especially clients that I talk to, no matter who it is, if, if they're complaining, first thing they want to do is complain about their situation. And the first thing I do is I stop them. I was like, oh, wait, I don't want to hear complaining about what's going on in your situation. I don't want to know what's going on in your situation. I want to know what you want to do about your situation. You know, do you want to change your career, find what you can be passionate about? That's what I want to know. I don't need to know all the garbage and stuff that went on in that situation. You know, and I tell them, I said, if you're going to complain about it, then you better do something about it, okay? If you're not going to do anything about it, then you might as well not complain about it. Take that message, everyone out there. You know, it's, 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 it's annoying to hear someone complain about something all the time, especially their job. It's annoying. You complain about your job, your boss all the time. People don't want to hear that. You annoy people when you do that, Okay. If you want to do something about it, do something about it. If you're not, shut up. Stop complaining about it because that's not going to change anything except annoy people and people are not going to be, want to be around you. So I tell people, you know, you got to take that leap of faith and believe, uh, but it's not going to be easy. A lot of people want things to be easy. It's not going to be easy. You know, the grind to find that next passion and get into it, is, is that, that's the rewarding part, the process. And you hear, people, you hear people say this all the time. You know, the process is what is, is what the, the great part about getting to that next level of your life, that next level of your career. So you got to have the passion, you got to have the desire, and you got to have the guts to make the move. Um, and, and, and right now, we, you know, we're in that what they call the great resignation. Um, and we're also in, a, in, in, the, in the mode of, um, companies that are laying off people, um, you know, you you know, Amazon, I think it's Amazon, is laying off ten thousand people 
Um, Twitter just laid off a bunch of people. Facebook, Meta, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so people are 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 people are in these jobs and they're disappointed. And I'm disappointed for them for being laid off. But this is what I always tell people: if you get laid off from your job, majority of people in this world don't like the job they have anyway. And if you get laid off, I always tell people. What just happened to you is the universe just opened up and is giving you an opportunity to go find that job that you can be passionate about. That's what that's what a layoff does for you. Uh, you got to turn the negative into a positive and say, you know what? I didn't like that job anyway. So now you go and you find that job that you can be passionate about. Right. But here's the key. Get help. Someone like myself who's a coach or any coach, get help finding the next job, finding the next career and the next passion. You can't do it alone. You need people to help you to, to bring your ideas together, bring the different, your different thought processes together to give you different things to think about and how to go about it. Um, there's so many different things that you have to do to prepare for that next job, that next career, the next passion that you want to get to. So don't be afraid to make that jump and don't be afraid to get help. Get a coach to help you get to that next level of your life when it comes to your career. Okay? Again, when you get laid off, it the universe has just opened up for you to find that passion that you've been looking for. Okay? So don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of it. You know, wake up each and every day with gratitude and with the mindset that, hey, you know what? It's time for me to be happy. It's time for me to find something that's going to make me happy. Right? Because everybody deserves to be happy. Everybody deserves to be doing something that they love doing. Um, and that's where you have to look at it. But again, you know, career transitions are not easy, but they're the most rewarding thing you'll ever go to go through once you decide to take that leap of faith. All right? hope you enjoyed this session. I hope my personal experience uh, will motivate you to go out there and take that leap of faith and make that jump. Um, and to understand it's, it's not going to happen quickly. It may take you two or three different jobs before you find that one. That is it. And you say, this is it. Okay. So again, I hope my personal experience can help you, motivate you. And definitely don't hesitate reaching out to me if you need a coach to help you through your career transition. Um, you can reach me at, and I'm going to give you my email, reggie.hanson at hansoncoaching.com. Uh, you can go to my website and set up a time to talk to me at hansoncoaching.com. Um, and I would look forward, and I look forward to helping you. Again, it's something I'm passionate about. Um, and I wish all of you the best of luck in your career transitions. All right. Have a great day.